Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Hey City Edge, what is up? You can uh, take your seat this morning, tonight. And um, I always get it mixed up. But um, man, it's so great to be speaking tonight. Um, it's such an honor to preach the Word of God. The Word of God is amazing. Amen. And um, I'm so passionate about this topic that we're currently on at the moment called carriers. And uh, you can see it up on the screen there. And, and uh, I, I, I'm honestly, I love it so much because I'm convinced that I'm almost on this earth just to preach this message about being a carrier for the gospel of Jesus, that we as the church aren't something that's silent. We're supposed to hold the Holy Spirit so close to our hearts and to spread the message. So I'm not going to lie with you. I got so excited about writing this message and preaching this message that I was writing like 400 different ideas. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, like, where do you want to go with this? Because um, I could do a four-hour lecture right now. Unfortunately, it didn't get the all clear by Pastor Paul, and I'm going to have to fit it into 30 minutes, and um, or maybe an hour if we're, if we're pushing. Just kidding. But um, but uh, I just believe there's so much that God wants to speak to us tonight. But I really felt in my spirit that there's one one message that God wants to get to us tonight. And I firstly want to apologize if my voice goes throughout the. Uh, service. We had an amazing night at Empire, kind of a games night. And I get pretty passionate about that as well. And I was yelling a lot and I uh, go the Pythons. And um, <laughs> everyone else is like, what's going on? But uh, amazing games night that we have here. And um, But uh, I, I want to talk about a few weeks ago, we, we launched out and, and did something a little bit different that we've never done before. And um, it was, for lack of a better word, it was an event called Making It Public. And, um, and you would have heard of it if you've come to church for a little bit of time. And, and basically what we did is, well, I, I personally, I, I got a word. I was like, God, what do you want to do in 2019? And um, I really felt and sensed the Spirit of God say, I want to branch out and do something new. Um, I believe that the, the people of God aren't just people who uh, just gathered on a Sunday, but it's more than that. It's a people who have faith in me that go out into the world. And, and we, we, we kind of went out with this concept that what if we did an event in a school? And we called it making it public. And, um, and it, was a, it was a word from God. It's to no boast of ourselves. But, and, and you'll see a photo that comes up on the screen from it. But but we saw probably one of the most fruitful nights that we've ever seen in the history of Empire or the youth ministry for that matter. Soul Save, the whole performing arts center in Meriden. Um, it was absolutely incredible to see what God did. But I, I want to emphasize to you tonight that it, it first came from a word from God. It wasn't human understanding. It wasn't a human idea. It was something that God spoke to our spirits and our hearts. And um, when we've been talking about this series of carriers, I don't think I need to convince you tonight that you're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I actually don't think I need to uh, even consider us talking about that we're vessels, that God wants to use us. I don't think that that's what God wants to communicate to us tonight. Because we're a Pentecostal church. We kind of like talk about God using us all the time. God wants to use us. That's just kind of like a baseline. But you know what I do think He wants to challenge us tonight? Is when He speaks, will we go? 
It's not, it's not an idea on our identity. We know we're carriers, but ultimately the matter is, is when He speaks, are we actually gonna go? Are we actually gonna go with the Word that God's placed in our heart? Or are we just gonna stay where we're at? And um, because what we are holding and what we are carrying at its core church, the good news of the Gospel, I want to remind you is for people. It's for people. Real people with real lives, with real situations, with real hurts, with real pains. The good news that we live the good news that we claim, the good news that we come to every single Sunday or live group, the good news that has transformed our life, it's about people. It's about people. What value can you put on people? I know in the Word of God, it says that for God so loved people that He gave His only Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him might not perish but receive everlasting life. The Gospel's about people. The Gospel's about our city. The Gospel's about people. For God so loved people that He gave. You can always determine or when we know what God did for people, I'll say it like this, when, when we know what God did for people, we begin to see the value that He has for them. What did He do? He gave His life. Gave His life for people. And I remember I was, a few years ago, I was walking the streets of good old Golden Beach. And uh, it was nighttime and, and I don't know, I think I was just spending time with God there and I was hanging out with Him and kind of in different seasons of life, I go to different places and I'm like, you know what, that's where I'm going to have my time with God for maybe a season, a few months or something like that. It was Golden Beach. And anyway, I remember I was just walking up and down and, you know, praying and believing it. And then I went into the, um, the little kind of like shops there. There's like a fish and chip shop. And then as I'm walking, I walk past this man he has ragged clothes. He's got a beanie on. He's got a rugged, kind of like beard thing going on like myself. And, um, but not clean shaven. And he smelt really, really bad. And my heart just broke. Because God, God reminded me that it's about people. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, Nick, I want you to go up. I just want you to say hi. I just want you, I just want you to talk to him. And I remember going up to this man and his name was Dennis. And all I started to do was have a connection with this man called Dennis. Because at the heart of the gospel is this one thing called human connection. And sometimes in our materialism, we lose it. Because we'd rather walk past than actually engage in conversation. But Jesus walks up to the person every single time. The heart of God walks up to people. And I remember I just walked up to him and I started to learn his story. He's a heroin addict. 
His whole life story is that his dad used to beat him and abuse him for his own pleasure. Became a heroin addict and his life, he had no family, no friends, no one around him. And I remember just the impression of the Holy Spirit. I remember we got some fish and chips or something like that. And we just sat down and had this conversation. But I just got to tell him because in this moment, it looks hopeless for his life. What else can you give a person when it looks like they're on death row with no hope left? But there is one thing, church. There is probably only one thing that I can give this man. And it's nothing of what I've done. It's nothing that well, we could kind of conjure up and give to a person by human wisdom. But I let him know about this thing called the gospel of Jesus and how Jesus loved him. How Jesus, even through the mess and the pain and the brokenness that he was feeling at the time, that God had a plan for him, that God was still with him, that God wanted to do something in his heart, do something in his life. I led that man to the Lord right there and then. This is to no boast of myself, but Jesus is interested in people. He's interested in people. That's what the good news of the gospel is all about. I don't think you can go to any passage in the Bible, any book of the Bible, any scripture or, or I don't know, commentary or anything where it doesn't involve people. You know, it's not, the Bible isn't some scientific textbook talking about the anatomy of this and that or how this works. It's to do with people. And I know there's much good news out there, especially those times where they get those text messages from Nando saying, I've just scored a free Perry Perry chips. Now that's good news, friend. That's good news. Or it might be the news that my cousin gave me just the other day saying she's having twins, which is so amazing. Now that's good news. But I'm letting you know this, that the gospel or the good news of Jesus is the greatest good news that anyone could ever receive. It is the greatest good news because it's the power unto salvation. Power of God unto salvation. And if God does really love people, He's going to attempt to get their attention. And I want to let you know tonight that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then tonight is all about you. God just wants your attention to let you know that He loves you so much, that He paid it all to have you in His arms. He did it all. And I want to talk about that a little bit later. But at the same time, He wants our attention as the body of believers so that He can do something in you, so that He can do something through you. And the title of my message tonight is Attention Seekers. Attention Seekers. Come on, let's pray together. God, I just pray. Lord, I don't want to leave this place the same, God. We don't want to leave this place the same, God. We believe that we are your carriers. We believe, God, we've got something that is undeniable, unfathomable, immeasurable, without any value because it has all the value. It's unvaluable, God. It's timeless. And God, we want to do something with it, God. We ask and I pray, Holy Spirit, do a heart work in every person tonight, in my life as well. In Jesus' name and the people of God said, so who loves the Beatitudes? Everyone know the Beatitudes? 
Yeah, a few people. All right, we need to get to Matthew 5, people. Let's go. Um, The Beatitudes are an amazing part of Scripture where Jesus, He brings the boys over, His disciples, His 12, and all the people who are gathered with Him. And He basically has like a little bit of a life group with them. He has a little bit of a teaching or as we call it an empire TC with them. And um, on this mountain, He starts to begin to talk about His kingdom. And that's what the Beatitudes are. Jesus sits down, his new followers, his new people, and he starts to talk about the kingdom with them, about how this kingdom is so countercultural to the one that they've actually been living in. He said crazy things like this, like, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He said crazy things like, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added unto you, where the world says, seek everything for yourself and then you'll be fine. It just didn't make sense, but... He gives us this highlight of what His kingdom kind of looks like. And, um, and anyway, as He's speaking, uh, He kind of switches up the flow. He kind of switches up how it's going. Maybe He was in like 4-4 doing a bit of a beatbox. like, And then He kind of changes it to like a 3-4. like, And basically, He switches the flow on what He's talking about. He's talking about these beatitudes of, or basically the values and the cultures of this kingdom. But then he leads into this beautiful thing in Matthew 5, 14 about now our identity as people of the kingdom. He switches the flow and he says these words and I love it so much. And if you've been in church for long enough, you will know this. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town or a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or a basket. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I love this. He calls you, he calls me the light of the world. And um, there was a quote from a memory I found in Facebook a few years ago that I'd actually said, so you can quote this if you want. Um, I'm pretty humble. Just kidding, just kidding. But, um, <laughs> and I thought it was really cool. I'm like, past Nick, you did a really good job, bro. That was great. But I said this. Um, I'm just kidding. That's, I don't like doing that. But <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really cool point. I'm like, good job, past Nick. It said this, salvation is not the solution to our comfort, but it's an awakening of our spirit for a greater cause. Salvation is not a solution to our comfort. That, all right, we get say, oh man, Jesus is going to make my life so much more comfortable. I'm going to get the car. I'm going to get the kids. I'm going to get the house. Everything's just going to be cruisy from now on. The business is just going to flourish constantly. It's going to be an amazing time for me. I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to put it in automatic. I'm all good to go. No, 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 no. The gospel isn't like that. Salvation is something that's activating us for a greater cause other than ourselves. It's actually something that we say, not my will be done, but yours be done, Jesus. And um, for lack of a better word, I started a diet. It's called keto, if you've heard of it before. And um, you can pay me out later, it's fine. And um, I started this diet, man, the Lord's reign. Thank you, Jesus. Give you a blessing right now. Thankfully, I got a loud voice, but anyway, I started this 
keto diet and, uh, or lifestyle, as you, as you want to call it. And um, I started keto. And, and anyway, I'd never done this before. I honestly thought it was the spawn of darkness to go on a diet. Like seriously, like that's the work of Satan right there. No one likes diets. And, um, but I was like, you know what? I'm changing, Nick. I'm getting older. I'm going to do it. So I did it. And, and anyway, I find myself now, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to Woolies, when I go to Coles, whatever, Aldi, I've already done that kind of like report last time. But when I go there, I'm constantly and always checking the nutritional information on the back. Now for me, my 19-year-old self is like paying my 23-year-old self out right now. It's like, bro, you've become one of those people. You're a weirdo now officially. Good on you. Is this what you wanted from life, Nick? <laughs> but like, I'm checking how, how many carbs does it have? How much sugar does it have? How many fats does it have? Protein, da da da. And um, I'm looking at it. But sometimes I've gone and been like, ah, oh, 2.5 grams of sugar. Ah, they don't really mean that, do they? <laughs> like... Nah, this will be, they're probably just kidding around. They're probably joking. But the thing is with keto, and um, I won't go into the science. I won't bore you. um, But with it is basically you can tell if you've had the right kind of meal, the right kind of things to get into gear to ketosis and and to get into the thing that you need to do to, um, you know, burn fat, do all the things that it's supposed to do. And anyway, I've realized at the time that no, in fact, that definitely did actually have the sugars that it did in it. And, you know, I haven't actually reached the results that I wanted to. And um, it's funny with keto and the nutritional information that we can sometimes go to the Bible and do the exact same thing. We go to the back of the nutritional information and go, I know what it says, but I don't believe it's true. You hear things like, you are the light of the world and your finger just happens to point at everyone else. Yeah, yeah, when it says you, it means, yeah, like, because I'm reading it right now, it means you, everyone else. You are the light of the world. Not me. I'm not the light of the world. Jesus is and everyone else. Yeah, yeah, all those people that are Christian and and do spiritual things and, you know, pray every day and stuff like that. No, 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 no. I want to let you know tonight, church, by Jesus, I'm speaking to you Jesus is calling you the light of the world. I'm not saying it. God is telling you right now. You are the light of the world. And then we flick to the hiding the basket or hiding under a bowl kind of verse. And then we go, yeah, okay, well, I don't intentionally hide my faith under a basket. When someone comes up to me and says, hey, are you a Christian? I say, yes. Yeah, definitely. I am a Christian. I go to church. But I would, I would actually say that not intentionally speaking of your faith is actually hiding the basket rather than not saying anything when people ask you. If you can hear me when I say that, that, that sometimes we can get it into, God, I'm not intentionally hiding my faith, so I'm, I'm being the light, right? I'm not intentionally not not talking about you. I'm, I'm just kind of going about my business. I'm going about my day and that's how I'm being the light. Well, in fact, I believe when Jesus was talking about you are the light of the world, he was talking about a city on a hill that everyone could see. That it was almost, unru- you, you had to realise that there was a light on in the city because that person was shining so bright for Jesus. It wasn't like a, 
Oh yeah, well, I'm not intentionally putting a basket over, but I don't really talk about Jesus at all. No, God is actually saying your light should shine so brightly. No, church, your light should shine so brightly that people can't help but notice you. And then noticed Jesus in you because light is powerful. And in 2 Chronicles 16, I've got three verses that I want to look at to kind of challenge that thought. In 2 Chronicles 16, I love this verse so much. And this is where the heart of attention seekers comes from. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Man, I love this verse. For the eyes of the Lord, we're on earth, but the Lord looks from heaven and He's searching. He's looking for those ones who say, I live for the kingdom. That light, I'm gonna let it shine a little bit and I'm gonna get serious about what you're doing in my life, God. He searches for them. I don't know about you, but I want to catch God's attention. God says His eyes range all over the earth for the people that are truly committed to Him, ones who live for the kingdom. And then Isaiah, he gets, man, this revelation, this conviction in his spirit and his soul. And then he says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And God asks us the same question tonight, Whom will I send? And there's something on the inside of ours. He has this vision and revelation in Isaiah 6. He says, and I said, here I am. Send me. Here I am, God, please. Here I am, God. God, would you use me? God, would you use me? I don't have enough time on this earth, God. Would you use me for your glory, God? Lord, I want to be a carrier. God, I want to be a vessel. God, come and use me. I don't want the person down the road to be the one that gives you glory. I want to be the one who gives you glory. Because God's kingdom is always missional. The kingdom that we live for is missional, church. It's missional. It's missional. And then this is my personal favorite and one of my life scriptures and one that I don't ever, when I'm 90, I'm going to be preaching this right here. I hope I get to 90. But if I say... I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart. His words, his words in my heart like a fire. Like a fire, fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in and indeed I cannot. I want to let you know that I physically, and this is just a real personal, I physically cannot not speak Jesus. Like, I'm just like so consumed with him that I can't not anymore. It's like, he's, he's everything to me. The gospel is everything to me. It's everything to us. It's who we are. And God, we got to be a can't not church. That it's not that I'm not going to, it's that I can't not afford to. I have to get it out. I need to get out his gospel. Oh man. Holy Spirit. I'm feeling him right now. Let's go. Because what is water without the cup? What is electricity without the wire? What is the gospel without a carrier? What is it? Has the potential there? Has the life there? Has the fullness there? 
But this word that's inside of us, it needs to get out, church. It needs to get out. God is asking you tonight, will you go? And now he's looking for a response. Will you go? I know it says I'm the light of the world, but do I actually believe it? And yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it will cost you. This life isn't easy living for Jesus, just the best way. The only thing that God's promised you, and I love this, didn't say it was easy. Didn't say it would be, be the kind of the grandiose kind of like life that you promised, but I can promise you one thing, Jesus says. I'll be with you. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit, he who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit lives inside all of us. And this is the whole reason when we have the invaluable, measurable of a person over here, like Dennis, that amazing person. And then you have the unfathomable and the immeasurable and the imperishable gospel over here. Something incredible happens when they meet. A person over here, the gospel over here, what happens is the invaluable meets the imperishable. It's not just something where we thought that we, it would be a nice idea to tell our friends about Jesus. Something that has been destined before the beginning of time is actually coming together. A union where a person who the gospel is made for and the gospel itself means something incredible happens. But the thing is that the gospel will always invoke a response because it's offensive. It's up front. Jesus says, give me your whole life or lose it. And the end of the day, when we give up our lives, man, I don't think, you can't put a price on living your life for Jesus. You can't. I was, I was even trying to think. I'm just like, man, I think, I think living your life for Jesus is, is the greatest, you get the greatest return on your investment every time. Every single time. He is the greatest return for our investment. God is looking for a church that don't consider the cost. God is looking and searching for a church who can't not get this gospel out. They have to. And I want to ask you two questions tonight. How do you see people? How do you see people at the moment? Is there still, a, is there still the heart of Jesus to see the brokenness and the hurt that they're living in? Because sometimes in our Christian faith, and you've been doing this for a little bit now, you'll notice that it, it can sometimes get a little bit routine. We come to church and that's great, but who's with us? How do you see people? Because I'm telling you, how you view people is how you'll respond to them. Because if you're entitled and you think you can walk past them, I'm letting you know that Jesus died for them. Did he not? Did Jesus not die for that person that you crossed the road with the other day? Did he not? No, he did. Yep. That person who... And, I, and I've told many stories about going into stockies or grocery shops and the Holy Spirit impression, just talk to that son or that daughter. I love them. Okay, God, 
I'm not living this life for me. I'm living this life for you. And I'm your carrier. I'm your vessel. I don't care what the cost is. I don't care if my popularity goes down. I don't care if my position comes down. I don't care if my income comes down. God doesn't care about your car. He cares about your car dealer. I'm letting you know that God isn't that interested in your bank account. He's interested in the bank manager. God loves people. This deal is about people. This deal is about people. I won't stop saying it. This gospel is about people, 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 people. It's about them. It's about people. And what do we fulfill when we see people and we see the gospel? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You fulfill the great commission and the great command in one. This is what the life we're supposed to live. But Nick, I've been hurt by people. Why should I forgive them? Why should I do anything for people tonight? It's hard to be hurt by people when you're hurt for people. It's really hard to be hurt by people. Oh, they did this, she did this. To God save them. God, you died for them. God, would you make me a vessel? Would you make me a little bit more like you, God, so I can love them? But at the end of the day, you died for them, so I'm going to love them anyway. Are you hurt for the people in your life or are you hurt by them? Let's start hurting four people again. God, save my family. I know they don't know you. I know they mock me every time we get to Christmas. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's okay. Let's, let's get our hearts back on fire for people. Finally, how do you view the gospel? Is it just something that's become stagnant? Oh yeah, I go to that church thing, yeah, every Sunday and I go to life group and I attend these things, but no, 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 in your heart of hearts, does your heart burn for the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's like I said, if you can, I don't know, maybe see a little bit of my passion tonight. Man, I'm, I'm convinced that God wants to do more in your life than he wants to do less in your life. I'm convinced that this gospel is the only thing that I know. I don't want to know anything else. Come on, how do you view the gospel? Is it everything to you or has it just become mundane? Come on, we've got to take a self-reflection and go, God, I've stopped loving people and I've loved you. I've, loved, I've stopped loving the gospel. Man, this is everything to us. It's everything to us. I had, um, I had an opportunity, uh, it was up Main Street as well, actually, um, just to talk to this woman. And, um, and I really just felt, once again, that impression on my spirit. It's like, go and talk to this lady. She, she clearly had something on her skin or something like that. And, and um, like a little bit of a bigger lady as well. And I was like, man, my heart just sunk again. I'm like, God, she's a child of God. And she's living like this, like skin kind of, flaking off and I remember just going over there and then was Lorraine and I remember her so it was like outside the bank and uh, I just said hey how are you she's like uh yeah really good like first step <laughs> and um I remember just talking to her and I was like hey what's your name what's your story she's like oh, I'm Lorraine and um yeah been in Calandra for a little bit I kind of like just stopped her there I'm just like Hey, I really felt in my spirit. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I think he's amazing. And I want to let you know that he loves you so much. 
Like, this is something that God loves about you. And, and I remember she just like, was like taken back. She was like, you serious? He loves me? She'd been told that she had skin cancer. She'd been in for numerous surgeries and things. And, and not only that, um, well, I kind of like asked her a few more things. I'm like, Is, I really want to pray for you. And she's like, yes, please pray for me. I really need the help. But, but don't just pray for me. Pray for my son. He's going through anxiety. He's going through depression. He's going through all these things right now. And I just want to see him whole. And I was like, wow. Imagine if I'd missed it. Imagine if we missed it, church. Imagine if we, we just kind of like decided to not intentionally, but also intentionally just kind of hide our basket and go, oh, well, I've got a lot of things to do today. It's not intentional. You're still a Christian. You're still a carrier. But her life was so impacted that day. I just came back from it going, whoa, God. Man, you're so much bigger. I think it's a big trust thing, us talking to people, even our family, even our friends. It's just a big trust thing that what are they going to think? What are they going to do? And I want to encourage you to just surrender your life even more to God. Just surrender it more. But also get your priorities of how do you view people? How do you view the gospel? Because if they're number one, number two, or even number one, number one, then you'll just take the plunge anyway. You'll go, I don't care what the cost is. You love people. You died for me and you died for them. Right now, I really feel my spirit. I really feel that God wants to quicken some people. God wanted to just kind of, I don't know if the sparks become embers or once there was a spark, but that sparks become, you know, or sorry, that, that flame that was once there or maybe has never been there, but it just kind of dwindled to being a few embers. I want to encourage you again. The gospel is timeless and it wants to refire you again. That our Mondays would begin to look supernatural, extraordinary, where people are just going, wow, I just encountered, uh, a person just encountered God in my workplace. Wow, someone just got healed in the supermarket. Wow, this just happened and this just happened. Testimony, testimony, testimony. This place getting filled. Come on, the gospel is so much bigger than what we're seeing right now, church. We need to see it bigger. We need to believe and have a vision that God actually does love our city. And I believe that God wants to start it right now.